We welcome you to our service today. If you're visiting with us, it's a little bit different kind of service than what we normally do because we've been in a series called Tell Me the Story. And over the past several weeks, uh, we've been talking to some folks in our congregation and they've been sharing their stories about the faithfulness of God through difficult circumstances in their lives. Uh, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, you know that Adam and Excel Man shared with us their testimony about growing up in the Mormon church and how God uh, brought them out of that and showed them who Jesus is and the, the true account of, of God's word. And, and uh, that was moving for a lot of you, I know. And then um, last week, Rob Gaskell shared his testimony about how God is working uh, in his life and helping him through his bout with, with cancer and um, it, we prayed for him. I hope you've been praying for him every day this week. I, I'm, I'm continuing to pray for a miracle for Rob. And I know each of those last two have really, uh, have really touched your hearts. Today is a, a special one for me because my brother Jeff and his wife Donna are here with us. Would you just give them a hand and make them welcome uh, this, this morning? Now, um, when I think about uh, Jeff's testimony and what he's going to share with you today. I really don't know everything that he's going to say. In fact, last week I told you that my son Nick recommended we be on a 10-second delay because you never know what Jeff's going to say. Uh, but uh, and, and some of you said, really? I said, no, he's not going to be like off color. He's not going to be vulgar or anything, but, but uh, he may say something that I don't want all, everybody out there to hear about me. Uh, and, and he's got the dirt. If anybody here has got the dirt, he's got the dirt. And, uh, and Donna as well. And so um, I was thinking about how to just kind of kick this off. And my mind went to Philippians chapter 4. And how the Apostle Paul is, is writing to the church at Philippi. And in verse 10 he says this. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me. But you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty or with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And as I look at Jeff's life uh, and Donna's life and, and just the, the difficulties that I know that you guys have, have been through... Um, the first thing that, you know, kind of comes to my mind is, is uh, you know, maybe God's just punishing you for all those things that you did to me when I was a kid. Um, maybe he's punishing you as well because Bobby got the tape recorder and I got the stretch monster. I've shared that story with these guys here. Uh, that's not true. I don't think God works that way. I don't think God punishes us with those types of things. But good you guys, thing. good thing. Yeah, we'd all be in a world of hurt for sure. Um, there's so many places we could start, and so what I'd like to do is go back to about 40 years ago or so. You guys are pretty young in your marriage. You get married uh, right out of high school. Um, didn't have to, chose to get married in July. You had graduated in May. You're 18-year-old kids, basically, and you get married, and, and then not long after that, within the first couple years or so, uh, explain what the first uh, level of, I guess, um, the first valley that you guys had to go through. Well, in, um, in March of 81, I worked at a factory in Terre Haute. It was almost quitting time, 45 minutes before I clocked out. 
and uh, the machine that I was working on started cutting boxes crooked. So I shut it off and I locked it out and I said, hold on, I have to make an adjustment on this setup. I'll holler when I want you to turn it on. And so um, I got the machine unlocked and I got back there and, and um, that machine made a popping noise when it would come on and I heard that noise. And I just yelled, no, just as loud as I could. They heard it all over the, all over the factory. And um, a metal slat that was chain and sprocket driven, great big sprockets, um, picked me up. It smashed me into the back of the machine. It pressed my organs against my spine, uh, cutting my pancreas in half, busting my spleen, and uh, cutting my liver. Broke some bones, but I wasn't even worried about broken bones at that point. Uh, I remember praying, Lord, I don't want to die. And my eyes were closed because I thought they were going to pop out of my head. So I was holding my eyes in place. And I said, Lord, I don't want to die. And I looked up and the chain jumped off of the sprocket on one side. And it backed up about six inches. And then I could breathe. Uh, Went through, went through a difficult time. I weighed 178 pounds when I went in. I wish I weighed that now. <laughs> I got that covered and then some. Uh, but um, I got down to 125 pounds. And uh, it was a long road to recovery. But uh, God saw us through. I wasn't even 20 years old yet when that happened. Or not 21. I was 20. And... Um, like Ronnie said, we were newlyweds, just just getting into the whole marriage thing, and um, God saw us through. Yeah. So, what's going through your mind, uh, Donna? I'll, I'll skip to you for a second. You know, you're a, a you don't know if he's going to live or die, and and I mean. I don't know how much we've even talked about this, <laughs> uh, to be honest, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot, and I know it's emotional, but what's going through your mind uh, at that time? I mean, at the time, I was just told that he was injured, um, and I can remember um, driving, someone driving me to the hospital, and there at 12 points, there's that railroad track, and I can remember going over that railroad track, and at that time, all things work to the good yeah. Amen. for those that love the Lord. Uh, that scripture came to my mind. But when I, I got there to see him, the, the pressure was, I mean, he was, he was yellow from the liver damage. Some, um, and it was just like every pore in his, he looked polka dotted. I mean, every pore was kind of bruised. But the biggest thing was that he had all of those internal injuries, and this happened on a Thursday. They didn't operate until Saturday. Hmm. Um, and with the ruptured spleen, um, they said, you know, the chance of him surviving that was about 5%. Um, wow. But he had a, a, a very talented surgeon, and he had a God who loved him. Yeah. Um, what the surgeon had in skills, he did not have in bedside manner. <laughs> um, we'll the, take the skill. We'll take skill over bedside manner. When the, the, 
Obviously, you've let that go, though. I can tell you've forgotten about that. It's only been 40 years. When he came out to talk to me in the, uh, the waiting room, he said, the next 48 hours are crucial. And to be quite honest, I don't look for him to make it. Um, and so, yeah, when you're 20 years old, then... Let me make a point right there. Indiana University was in the national... No. Yeah, they were in the NCAA tournament final four. <laughs> and I had $5 on them against LSU. <laughs> Five dollars I didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as the story goes, as, as uh, they were bringing you out of recovery, you yeah. asked who won the game. No, well, I asked. Uh, make sure they had a TV in my room. Okay. He stopped. Right. He, he said, and he, he motioned for me to lean down. And so I lean <laughs> over, and I think he's going to say, I love you. Or <laughs> I, I'm a... I'm a you know, I'm afraid I'm going to die or, or something. And he says, IU plays at three. <laughs> two. I'm sorry. IU plays at two. two Get me a TV. Because they weren't automatic in the rooms back then. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. said, what? <laughs> the orderly said, what did he say? And I said, he said IU plays at two. He needs a TV. And he, they go, no, he's still under. He couldn't. And I said, do I look like I know what time I would play? <laughs> so they made sure he had a TV. Yeah. He made it through the first half, and they were ahead. I think it was LSU. It was. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So he, he made it through the first half <laughs> before. So, so you're up against it. You've lost your spleen. You lost half your pancreas. Your liver's cut. You're down to 125 pounds. Now and then are about the only two times in my life I feel like I could take you. Uh, you know, if, we, if it was about to go round and round, I could have taken you back then. Uh, what what and then do I now tell I think you I all got... the time? It was easier when I was 16 and you were eight, but I can still, <laughs> I can get the job done. But you've had, you've had these health issues and, um, you know, you've lived with that. You're diabetic because of that, because um, you don't have a pancreas or you have a half of one. Um, you, you have trouble fighting off infection right. with your spleen. And, and maybe that leads to the second story where you're kind of like, I mean, maybe that's how the second piece to your, your struggles, I guess, um, comes into play. Maybe because you didn't have a spleen, but tell us that story. Well, I'm sure that was part of it. I was out playing basketball with friends, and um, you can ask Ronnie. I, I was bump and grind. That's how I like to play, physical player. I was getting shoved all over the court. And I thought, what is going on here? And um, You're good. I, went, um, I went home, I laid down on the couch. I was there for a few minutes and I realized I was running a high fever and that I couldn't hardly move. So I'll try to make this story short. My mom and an aunt came over, they picked me up, they carried me to the car, they took me to the hospital. In, now, in 81, they needed to give me eight units of blood during that surgery. So it wasn't screened. In 91, that's when the AIDS news all came out. And so when I went in, they were just sure that I had AIDS because I was given blood that wasn't, wasn't screened and I had all these stupid symptoms. Um, but what happened was that I had strep throat. I didn't get it kicked. 
Uh, I was on a 10-day antibiotic. It didn't kick it. And so I felt good for a couple of weeks, and I didn't worry about it. started getting sick again. I didn't worry about it. And um, the strep infection traveled through my system, and one of the valves in my heart got infected. And when my doctor came in to check on me, uh, he said, uh, most people don't get to tell this story. He said, you are very lucky to be alive. So again, God was there taking care of me. Uh, God has taken care of me so many times, uh, even times that I don't know about. I'm sure that, that uh, he's watched over me and kept me safe. But yeah, that was, that was difficult, but not near as dramatic as the first one. Yeah, well, you didn't, yeah, you didn't know what was going on, but every bit is dangerous. Um, you know, we had the privilege, not everybody has the, the blessing that we had to grow up with, with parents, especially a mom early on that, that believed in the Lord and he could do anything. And, um, you know, just having that assurance, you know, to know that regardless of what happens, God can use this for good, right? Whether live living or dying, God can use it for good. And uh, I think back to all of our whole family story, just every one of us has nearly died at yeah. one time or another. But then when mom passed away at the age of 69, she didn't have a gray hair in her head. And I don't know how that's even possible. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but she was uh, especially, you know, given us five kids, uh, take the health stuff out of it, just given how we all acted. Um, but we learned a lot from that and how God is just faithful even in the difficult circumstances. And so you've got this issue in 81, you've got this issue in 91, flip the page, 30 years. To 2001. 21. Oh, 21. Yeah. yeah, you never were right. very good at math. I wasn't. That's right, 21. <laughs> and yeah, 2021, I was lying in bed, my phone rang. Um, and I rolled over and I, I took my CPAP off and I, I picked up the phone and I'm like, hello. And the person on the other end was asking me questions about um, a function that we were going to have at church. And um, so we were talking for a little bit and um, she said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. She said, well, you're slurring your, your words. And I, I said, well, that's my CPAP has dried out my mouth. I'm sure I'm okay. And um, so again, she said, are you sure that you're okay? And I said, let me get out of bed. So I did. I got up and, and uh, started stumbling to my left, crashed into the wall, went down. I am very stubborn. It took me four crashing into the walls and falling down before I pick up the phone and said, hey, I'm not okay. Um, this lady in the church had never called me ever and she hasn't called me since but that 8 a.m. phone call um, got me to, to the hospital where they didn't realize immediately but but that I was having a stroke I don't know how they missed it because everybody else in the hospital thought that I was having a stroke except the emergency room doctor and I'll not mention his name and I'm not bitter <laughs> you're not bitter no uh, but uh, yeah, I never thought, okay, let me go here. When I was 61 was when I had the stroke. And I was kind of proud of the fact that I could pick up my speakers. I could carry a couple of them. I could, 
I could throw them around. I got 120-pound subwoofers that I could still pick up and throw in the back of the van. And I was always kind of proud that at 61, I still had good strength. So I never, ever thought that I would see the day when, when someone like Kendall would have to help me up steps, when my wife would have to dress me. Every morning, you never, ever think that that's going to happen to you. But let me tell you a story. Well, let me back it up just a little bit. I had a psychologist come in my, when I was in therapy. He came into my room and he uh, pulled up the chair and he had his clipboard and long, tall guy and he crossed his legs and, and he's talking to me and in the middle of it, you know, how are you doing, Jeff? I'm, you know, for an old fat guy in the shape I'm in, I'm doing okay, <laughs> you know. And um, so he started talking about what he was going to do. I'm going to put you on this medication because you will suffer depression. I said, no, nah, Doc, I said, don't do that because I don't think I will. Oh, no, the area in the brain where you suffered your stroke, you will suffer depression. No, Doc, I won't. Why do you think you won't? When I was on the ambulance ride from Indianapolis to Terre Haute, I got real tired, just really sleepy. So when I got to my room at Terre Haute, I told the ladies, I said, I want to go to bed. And so they got my CPAP and put it on me, and, and uh, I went to sleep. I had a dream that I was much like this. It was kind of darkened out there. I could see, but not, not real well. I had a real nice suit on. I'd like to have that suit. It was really nice. And I, start, I walk up to the podium, and I said, I don't remember my scripture reference. I don't remember what I'm preaching on today. And Donna, sitting where she always sits at, at our home church, said, uh, Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I woke up. Immediately I woke up. And I felt like that God was sending me a message. He was saying, stay the course. I haven't gone anywhere. We're going to get through this. And so that has helped me a lot in a, in a lot of ways. I told the therapist when she came in, I said, I'm going to be your best patient. And I said, it's not even going to be close. I'm going to do everything that you tell me to do. And if I walk 10 steps today, I'm going to walk 11 tomorrow. Because, because that's how I'm wired. That's how God made me. And when I left, she told me, she said, you were my best by far. <laughs> said we had four men come in at the same time and said, you know. But I think that God sent me that message so that I didn't get down. I didn't get discouraged. Yeah. I was afraid. I was terrified. I thought I was going to die at one point. I told Donna, I said, my body is slumping. That was the only way I could describe it. I said, I keep feeling worse. And, um, but long road to recovery. You can see I'm, I'm not there yet. Uh, Remember the old gospel quartet song, not what I want to be, not what I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not, not what I was. That's right. kinda, that kind of fits me. I'm not where I want to be, yeah. you know, not where I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. Yeah. 
It, um, it's a life changer for sure. And that passage that Joshua 1.9 keeps, that's not, you didn't hear it just the one time. It kind of oh. keeps resurfacing, doesn't it? Yeah, next morning, <laughs> the lady with the, with the e-cards came in. And I had a stack of cards about like this. And she said, who are you? That I've never seen so many. And, of course, I told, you know what I told her. You're a big deal. I did. You're kind I'm of a big deal. Kind yeah. of a big deal around here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> first card right on top, Joshua 1.9. I got some cards in the mail, opened it up. First one I opened up on the front of the card, Joshua 1.9. And then uh, I had a card later uh, that day. It was handwritten at the bottom of the card, Joshua 1.9. And I said, God is so good. He knows I'm not that bright. So he sent it three more times. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I do want to take just a moment, break off of what you're doing there. Go ahead. Uh, to thank this church for uh, covering my pulpit. And uh, you can take this any way you want. My church begged for Kendall. <laughs> No, no, you're on my side. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's great. It, but I, that's where I was actually going next was through all of this, all the way back to 81, 91. You, you've seen the body of Christ come around oh. you and surround you and be there for you even in those times of where you don't know maybe where your next dollar's going to come from. Right. Um, can you just kind of, either one of you, I don't care. Uh, just go ahead and tell them how our church was. Well, just, I, I mean, we saw God. I mean, you look back, sometimes you don't realize he's preparing for things. But, you know, we live in the old church. Um, when COVID hit, we had just built a new church and, you know, had that mortgage payment. And um, so we had said, you know, perhaps, you know, we could just live in the old church, you know, and that would save the church some money. Well, us living in that church, I mean, you go back, it had a handicapped restroom. We had the wheelchair ramp. He had so much space in the upstairs um, that he was able to move around. I mean, that was God preparing us. I mean, um, but... It was just, we went, I was still working full-time as a restaurant manager, which is a lot of hours. Um, but I had a really good boss that when this happened, I was at work when it happened. And, um, but my boss was great in letting me take time off and, you know, to be with him in the hospital and then in rehab. Um, I worked every day, but when he was in the hospital, then, you know, I could be with him in the evenings. But God just took care of us. I mean, financially, I still got my full paycheck. But neighbors and churches, uh, we received monies from other churches. Hmm. But our church was uh, really good. Um, they paid him each week that he was off, um, which, you know, was amazing. And that was partially due to your guys' health. Um, but... Um, you know, he doesn't get disability. And somebody said, well, that's crazy. And I said, well, he hasn't missed any work. Um, he, was, he was off when he got out of the hospital. He was able to go 
back into the pulpit from a chair. He preached from his wheelchair. Um, but the stroke never affected his mind. I mean, well, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it didn't. There's a committee looking into that right now. <laughs> and it, it didn't, it, it didn't um, hurt his voice. He was still able to speech, though a slurred at first, uh, cleared up pretty quickly, which was good because if you know anything about him, I thought God couldn't take away his voice because he'd, he'd be like that little girl in Willy Wonka where she just exploded. Yeah, yeah he'd just explode if he couldn't talk. But So he was still able to do his job, and he's been able to maintain um, his ministry throughout this. But we've had, it just seemed like any need that came up, somehow it was met. Um, I can remember, and it was probably a year after the stroke, um, and at that time, I was making less because I had to take, you know, a lesser position. And, and I remember thinking, okay, I need some groceries and I need gas. I need about $100. And my savings is pretty much shot. Um, and uh, <laughs> we got an a envelope was in the church mailbox. Um, and we opened it up. It didn't have an address. It didn't have a stamp. Somebody had just put it in the church mailbox. And it was from a person we hadn't seen in 20 years. Yeah. Um, that put a card and $100 in there. Mm. And we hadn't seen Bernie in probably since oh, wow. you've had. I only so, know one Bernie. So, wow, I right. didn't know that. So, wow. Um, Wow. You know, but just, we had a neighbor when he was in rehab that we didn't even know. She lived down the street, and she stopped. And we had the expense of, you know, you're driving to Indian back every day, and that gas was, you know, expensive. And a lady we didn't even know gave Libby a card um, to give to us, and she opened it, and there was a $500 gift card in there for gas. Wow. Um, it, it, I can't even express all the times that yeah, whatever we need. We don't have time to list them all. <laughs> we don't. But it's, it's, uh, it's like anything that we needed, it was met. Um, we were able uh, to pay off, you know, we got to the last car payment, and I was like, I didn't even <laughs> think about it, you know. So yeah. now I don't have a car payment. So, you know, God provided, you know, we have that extra money. Um, about six months ago, I was able to, because it did take more. It was hard working full-time and taking care of him. Yeah. And I was able to go on my Social Security and just work part-time. So, um, once again, God met a need. But he's yeah. just been there time and time again through countless churches and community members. And I've, My biggest concern for you guys, and I don't know if I've ever even told you this, my was just moving forward, just knowing how active you've been, um, singing, playing ball, bowling. This guy's bowled, what, 16, 300 games? Um, um, and that's not like golf. You can't cheat in that. Um, do you cheat at golf? I've just heard stories of other people who do. Uh, but... <laughs> Can you mute Donna now? That's the one I'm, I was worried about Jeff, but, um, but, you know, just moving forward, you obviously are, as you already said, you're not where you want to be, but moving forward, 
Um, I know there's times you're frustrated. We've had those conversations. It's frustrating not to be able to do the things that you want to do. How are you able to maintain a positive attitude? Uh, again, back to what the doctor told you, almost all stroke patients that have where you had your stroke, you suffer from depression. I've not seen that. I mean, I'm sure you've had your moments where you're just kind of down, but how are you able to maintain that attitude of still just, man, whatever hand I'm dealt, I'm moving forward? Philippians 8. I know all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I love the Lord. Amen. Amen. Mm. What about you, Donna? Same I, question. I guess for him, it was the Joshua 1.9, but for me, the phrase, I will be content through every mm. circumstance. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, I'd see it on signs at churches and, and whenever I'd start to get, because it is hard to sit and watch. I mean, we've been married 46 years to sit and watch the man that you depended on, that was your rock, that was your strength, um, you know, to see, you know, you try to let them do things on their own, you don't want to enable, but, you know, after 30 minutes, you know, you want to put their socks on for them. Yeah. Um, I told my congregation, you can only try to put a sock on so many times before that bad boy has to fly across the room. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's Donna. <laughs> but it, it, it's just, it's hard to go through that. And, and I would just say, I will be content through every circumstance. Amen. And that's really what has helped me to get through. Well, we've, we've kind of landed in Philippians 4 throughout this whole morning. And, and if we back up a little bit to verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer, uh, in thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and Paul even said it's a, it's a peace that we don't understand. The world looks at us and says, how in the world can you? I'm thankful for a dad that could laugh at anything as well. Yeah. He taught us uh, how to laugh uh, through difficult circumstances as well. But um, it's just having that, I mean... Just from a distance, to me it appears that you've got that peace. You're not anxious. You've got that peace that really average Joe doesn't understand. But if you know Jesus, you completely get it. And um, I just, you know, I'll just say it's, it's been remarkable. I don't, I don't want to say this really, but I have to because you're already kind of a big deal, and I don't want it to get to be a bigger deal. I started that room. I know you did. Yeah. But to sit back and just watch how you've handled all this, both of you guys, has just been a blessing to me. I've watched you, um, as an older brother, pave the way in so many ways. And I hope that I'm never in this situation. But if I am, I hope I can just come close to how you guys have handled it. Because uh, I don't know if I would. Um, and maybe that's why God hasn't put me through some things like that, because he knows I'd be a mess. I can't even talk to you right now without being a mess. I get that a lot. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. But, um, man, time's flown by. Thank you guys for being here. I know you've touched the hearts of, of people here today. You've encouraged them. 
And uh, would you, I'm going to go ahead and let you go back. Would you guys just give them a hand again and thank them for being here. I'll just, I'll wrap us up by saying this. We, we don't know what hand we're going to be dealt. Um, some of you guys sitting out there have been through worse than what they're experiencing. Some of you don't know what uh, is going to happen in your life tomorrow. And um, the good news is this. If we truly believe what the Lord is telling us in Scripture... We weren't made for this world anyway. We're just visiting. We're just aliens in a strange land. And we hope we get a good long time here with meaningful relationships and, and a good long life. But we were never meant to stay here anyway. Um, our home is in heaven. And God's prepared a place for us. So no matter what you're going through... The Bible tells us our light and momentary troubles are not worthy of being compared with the riches that will one day be ours when we get to heaven. So whatever you're going through, a couple things. Go back to that Philippians 4 that we talked about, about not being anxious about anything, but pray about everything and let that peace of God guard your heart and your minds. And then secondly, the more heavenly focused you can be, the less earth is going to bother you. Right? And so I would encourage you with that. And the way you get heavenly focused and the way you get that peace is to know Jesus. You just have to know Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning and I'm going to have the worship team come up and they're going to lead us in a, in a song of decision. And Again, I know this isn't the normal sermon where we ask, you know, at the end of it, you know, um, this is our invitation, but... Um, I think we've seen the evidence of God in Jeff and Donna's life uh, portrayed this morning. Um, and, and I hope that um, if you don't know this Jesus, that maybe something was said today, maybe a song that we sang, maybe just somebody, as you walked in, shook your hand or hugged your neck, um, something today has drawn you closer to Jesus, and maybe you want to make that decision for him today. We believe here that you confess Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you need to repent of your sins, and you need to be baptized in Him for the washing away of your sins. If you've not done that, would you consider that? Or maybe you're here, and um, just hearing these stories over the last several weeks of a congregation full of people that you've seen God working in their lives and who's willing to share, maybe something has touched you from a couple of weeks ago. You just want to say, I want to be a part of this church family. Um, our worship team is going to lead us. I'll be down here at the front to meet with you if you have a need. Um, maybe you just need prayer this morning. Um, let's, let's bow together.